Hi everyone and welcome to episode 171 of the Mighty Whites podcast. As I'm Jack, as always, John by KC. Hello. So picture the scene, KC. It's the Amex Stadium. There's a group of away fans in the corner. And they all spark up. We can see you holding hands. And the Brighton fans come back. We are merely exchanging long protein strings. If you can think of a simpler way, I'd like to hear it. I was worried where that was going at first, but I'll be I'm, honest. I'm gl- I, was try- I'm glad I was I was trying to come up with a Simpsons thing for Brighton fans, and pretty much all of them were just basically nineties homophobia, relatively harmless stuff. But I couldn't think of any other way into one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad that took the turn it did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that was the only thing I could think of that worked, and then yeah. It worked. Uh, speaking of things that worked, uh, Luis Sinistero in a 3-1 win for Leeds against Barnsley. Great strike there. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming you have loads to say about the first half, Casey. Yes, as, as I as I definitely said to you before, I, I watched the entirety of the game and didn't at all find it difficult to get a stream for this. Um, yeah, brilliant strike from, from Luis Sinistero, who was just added to his YouTube compilation. I, yeah. I assume if you could do that against Barnsley, he'll, he'll be... He'll be vital in this uh, Champions League six-pointer we've got coming up this weekend. Yeah, well, I know for a fact that that is a guarantee of a good player because, like, wingers scoring screamers early on, especially in the cup, it's an absolute guarantee. I mean, look at other players who've done that: Mustafa Carriol, for instance, Ramon Nunes. Yeah, they were always going to be world beaters. No way around it. But yeah, uh, to be honest, I missed some of this game even more when I missed about thirty seconds at the start. Because we set off 10 minutes later than normal, and because of the traffic, arrived 50 minutes later than normal. Yeah, it was horrendous. In this world where cup games don't really matter, but there is a clamouring for Leeds United tickets. So, um, (laughs) we, what was it, 35,000 plus we had? It it was basically a sellout, though it was about five, six hundred less than the league game. But I think it was a sellout, really. Mm. The, uh, and I don't, but the traffic was just horrendous. I don't know why. So, yeah, a little bit of a slow start because I actually saw enough of it. Uh, Barnsley had, they had like a, a head of them a free kick early on, and then Sam Greenwood gave a bad ball away in midfield, and Devante Cole had a pretty good strike. But then the first goal, Sinistera, really good turn, gets away from his man. Great finish from like 25 yards out. Really, it was really good to see something like that because it just gave you that flash of, all right, fair enough. There's something there. We'll see what happens from here. Uh, and then the second goal, Sinistero again, down the left-hand side, running space, beats his man, brought down. To... In in the ground, it looked an absolute stonewall, most blatant pen you've ever seen. I've since seen the highlights back, and I still think it was a pen, but it wasn't quite as blatant as it looked. I mean, I will say that the, the Barnsley reaction to it was, well, that's a pen. Yeah. Like, none of their players seem to be particularly upset by the decision. No, true. And uh, click text the click penalty. Just rolls Which it Which looks in. great if you score, and you look terrible if you miss. Well, isn't it still the only one he missed was when he did that against Derby, and it, and it was just because he put it wide? Yeah. Like, keeper went wrong way and everything. But that exact pen, didn't he score that exact pen against Barnsley at Oakwell? Yes. Yeah, like, same everything. So, yeah, 2-0 two, uh, up. We'd been a bit sloppy... Anyway, but you thought we were sloppy at nil-nil. Nah, mate, 2-0. That's when we get really sloppy. <laughs> uh, 
ball into box from a free kick. Uh, Mads Anderson heads it in, completely unmarked. Liam Kitching was also sort of away from his man as well, if he'd have wanted to. I think it was meant to be drama that was on him, but he just was nowhere near him. But I'm not going to chew him out for it because I don't know for certain it was him. Uh, and then, like, it was a like, simple little pass from a throw-in and suddenly Callum Styles is in the box and Adam Foggio just runs up behind him and pushes him back. Um, luckily, I'd managed to put a, he- a hex on him because about two minutes before that, I was saying to my dad, how is Callum Styles playing in League One? He's much better than that. He should be way higher up the league than that. Yeah, he's their best player by a mile. So he steps up and misses a penalty. You will have seen... Even though you didn't see much at first half, you'll have seen at least as many replays as me. I still don't know if uh, Melier got a touch. No, the the, the (laughs) angle... I am basing it off the pace in which it comes away that makes me think it hit the post. It definitely hit the post. I just don't know whether Melier got a touch beforehand or not. And it might be just wanting to be generous and wanting to give him it, because... I do think he got across far enough that if it would have been inside the post, he'd have saved it. Mm. But yeah, uh, bad penalty. Second half was a bit calmer, to be honest. They still had a couple of moments, but leads were a little bit less sloppy. Um, some of that I didn't really appreciate at the time in the ground. Was Have you seen Yelda's run in the build-up to this? It was like, he got the ball at centre-back because he'd moved inside with the half-time subs. Beat his man played a couple of passes, ended up up down the left-hand side and played a really good ball into the forwards. And I was like, ah, there we go. Because overall, I thought Yelda didn't have his best day. But that was like that mark of, oh, that's where it is. That's the thing that we saw against West Ham. I just think he's going to be a player. Yeah. um, Interesting game for him as well, as much as he basically played both positions. As well, and just looked, to just to try him looked, out. He looked way more comfortable at centre back than he did left back for me, but we'll see. I mean, you you look at him. If someone said to you, "That's a footballer," where does he play? Either he's a centre back or he's a League Two centre forward. It's one yeah. of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, lose the ball then, unfortunately. But Gellart chases after it and makes a really good tackle. Comes to Sinistera, drives it into the box. Slight clearance out and click literally doesn't have to move. Just side foot into the corner. It's it's the laziest looking finish (laughs) to to sort of match his penalty style. Because like you say, it just, it moves perfectly into his path. So he doesn't even have to step onto it. He just opens his right foot and just, just, it's it's almost like it rebounds off his foot. Yeah. Uh, Easy finish. Um, There was nothing else. I mean, they missed a, Really good chance in like the last minute, but that was too long for it to be anything. There was one little weird bit where uh, Cody Drama made a just normal tackle in the corner, and then Liam Kitching decided to try and rag him to the ground and got, and it really looked like he was. And in the end, no one actually threw a punch, but they were all always each other. Um, and players from both sides ran in first man in, Leo Hilda, good man. Uh, so yeah, it was a bit weird because it was definitely. Kitching's fault, but as soon as no one threw a punch, you're like, Oh, well, this is just going to be a yellow card each. Yellow cards everywhere, yeah. And in the end, they both got booked and yelled at. But the the annoying thing is that I think both teams have been charged. It won't mean much, it'll be like fined six grand or something like that. But 
If no one throws a punch, you should just let it go. Yeah, I mean, Jesse seemed happy with it in the, in yeah. the post-match press conference. Very happy that they backed each other up. Uh, the pace with which Leo Kielder got there was uh, was nice. Like, I know it's in his area of the pitch, but my God, he wasn't wasting any time. Yeah, he was playing centre-back on the other side, though. Yeah. Yeah, so it, nice to see them backing each other up. Um, so, like, obviously, you only saw all of the second half and then the highlights. But what's that? Is, is the main takeaway from a match just Sinister will probably get more than 10 minutes this weekend? Um, you probably should do. I mean, I'm looking elsewhere and thinking, obviously, it was good to see Liam Cooper get his 45 minutes. Yeah, that, that was good to see. Um, and seems to have got through that all right. Um, outside of that, I mean, there's there's nothing that happened that made you think they're gonna, there'll be any changes made. No. Um, like I say, yeah. If I suppose it depends how the game's going as to as to when Sinistera comes on, but um, no, it hasn't done himself any harm. I, th- I think the only struggle for him at this point is going to be Harrison and and Aronson's form. You know, I, yeah. I think if we if we switch to a four-two-three-one for a game, you know, he might be a bit more likely to come in then, but. Well, it sort of will be tomorrow because you'd assume Dan James starts on the right because he mm. did against Chelsea. So I would think Sinistera for James at half time if it's not going well, on the hour mark if it's going okay, and like 75 if it's going brilliant. Yeah. Um as for as predictions go, I did quite well. Uh you had a 2-0 win, KC, so two points for that, taking you to seven. I had a three-one win, five points up to nine. And for betting tips, you had Sinister at any time and Leeds two 0 which at one point, yeah, for the for the second <laughs> game running, I was I was mildly concerned. Uh, and and my bet at three to one was Leeds United to score a penalty, uh, which I said I was going for to you because we were going to pick because we were going to pick Somerville and Sinister and one of them will win one. Uh, so yeah, if only I'd actually had a double of three one and Leeds to score a pen. So betting wise, you're still up fifteen quid, and I am back to dead even. I am in the black, technically. <laughs> oh, it's exciting stuff. Yeah. Speaking of in the black, I wasn't planning on doing this yet, but just because it sort of works as a segue, the third kit. It It is a kit. I'd, yeah. I normally get quite excited for the kits, but uh, this one... Um... I mean, look, I sh- you know, I should be happy that it's it's dark and... and That's my vertical. thing I like. It, it's dark and vertical stripes, so it can only be good for my figure. Um, but, eh, I, 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 no, I've never been a big fan of the central badge and, and kit maker. No, I said the same. In fact, I even said it on our Twitter. Central badges, I've never, I've never really been keen on. There's a couple of exceptions, like there's that. Uh, is it the, one of the Burton ones from back? In, there's one in the eighties mm. that was all right, but no, I, I'm never. I think that same shirt would look miles better if the badges were in the normal position. But yeah. you know, it's it's fine if we win a load of games in it. I like it. How, how do you feel about the uh, bright orange socks? Well, yeah, I think actually in the notes here I've got uh, the orange accent on the shirt is an odd choice. The wolf socks are a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we've already done black and luminous green before, so uh, we had to clearly had to change that. I know it was over a decade. Christ, that's over a decade ago. 
uh, over a decade since I got that black and white shirt and thought, well, everyone who's here is either shit or being sold. Best get Clyde Vinard on the back of this. Yeah. Um, and we are apparently wearing it tomorrow for the Brighton game, but we won't be wearing it in the third round of, BF, in the, of the League Cup because we're away at Wolves and we're not allowed to wear their socks. Um, it's a very meh draw, isn't it? You either want a really big tie or a shit team at home. Yeah. <laughs> like, Wolves away is no good. It's, it's winnable. You, it's even worse when you're just like, we just played you. Yeah. It's a very winnable draw, and I would like a couple of them, so I hope. that's That was the good thing with the lineup against Barnsley. It was a rotated side, but it wasn't throwing out a weak side. Hmm. So that was about right, and I would assume Wolves will be the same, and they'll probably pick. A, they'll probably do a similar thing. Uh, and there's one other bit of news: Jack Jenkins has gone to Salford on loan for the season, which means in the next under twenty one game, the midfield will change because he was playing. It'll be GAB and probably it might well be J- just JB and Gray. Yeah. Um. If Alfie McCalmont hasn't gone on loan anywhere by then, might be him. Oh, yeah, he's still here. Yeah, he, ca- he came on in the last game and looked to cut above. Because he is a cut above. Because he shouldn't <laughs> because play new football. Because he's got two years of first-team football under his belt yeah, at this point. He's a senior international. Wow. <laughs> he's played for Northern Ireland, I think, twice. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's nothing major news-wise. Uh, but tomorrow, Brighton away. Three o'clock. This will be really tough. You thought I was worried about Chelsea. <laughs> Having seen how bright... I am play. I am as worried about Brighton as I was about Chelsea, to be honest. Having, yeah, having seen how they've started the season, I, I am, uh, uh, in the words of Homer Simpson, deeply concerned. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have anything here to eat while I said that. But, um, yeah, it turns out they're really good. Yeah, it's, it really it's one of those things now. And I'm glad they've scored a couple of goals at least because Christ, their fans were complaining last season over the, possibly the best season they've ever had. Well, it was after the Leeds game, wasn't it? Because we drew, didn't we draw nil nil at their place mm. last season? Was that last season? Oh, I've tried to blank most of that out. The one where didn't, was that the one where we got we got a draw against them and they battered us into the ground. Uh, you have to narrow it down, Jack. Um, As I've just realised, could, could be reason. them. Could be Crystal Palace. Uh, remember yeah. Remember we used to not draw games. Yeah, I'd love one right now. Um, yeah, they're uh, they're good. It was that game. The drew. It was nil nil, and they got booed off despite being like nine from playing really well. Um, they do slightly vary the formation, but it's the main blocks of it are the same. Like, it'll be a back three. Sanchez in goal, who's a good goalkeeper. Back three, which will be, unless someone's injured, Veltman, Dunk, Webster. Uh, By the way, Veltman, for like 750 grand, might be one of the best signings in the history of the Premier League in terms of value for money. Yeah. Uh, Their wing-backs for the first three games, which you've got, just might as well say, are a 2-1 win against Scum, at Scum, a 0-0 with Newcastle, where they were by miles the better side, and a 2-0 win at West Ham. Yeah, it's a pretty impressive start to the season. Um, they have been playing uh, Sully March at right wing back and Trossard at left wing back. 
But I think that that might well change for this game because uh, if they move March across to left wing back, which if anything is better at, they can play Lamptey at right wing back who ripped us to shreds last year. And even if they don't play March, they've just signed that Purvis Estupinian for a fair amount of money from, I think it was Villarreal. Uh, and he looked quite good when he came off the bench in my last, uh, when I last saw him. So he might get a start as well. So just, it will be wing-backs. It's just a matter of who. But all, to be honest, all their options are pretty solid. Yeah, just I mean, just looking at the team that they've, they've put out against West Ham, it's the same team they had last season. I mean, uh, yeah. Because I think Caicedo joined them in January. Uh, it, it was there last season. I'm not sure exactly yeah. when he joined. But yeah, they, they were. They've all. That's. It's just the same team. I know they've made a couple of signings, but um, yeah, like yeah. I why, mean, is midfield... we did, why is it when we didn't make any signings, we didn't we didn't start challenging for Europe from the start of the season? Yeah, we weren't coming from quite as much of a position of strength, I don't think. <laughs> but uh, their midfield three. Almost certainly Alexis McAllister, Pascal Groitz, and as we, you were just saying, Moises Caicedo, who he looks a serious player. Yeah, he's, like, he was a good find for them. Like, he'll be... I mean, the way they've started, maybe even with Brighton, but he'll be in the Champions League next year. Because he, he looks a serious footballer. And then it just depends what they do up top. Like, it will be Danny Welbeck because he's playing really well. They sometimes put a body up with him. They sometimes have someone off him. Lalana started the first couple, but now that they've signed that left wing back and Lamptey's getting fit again, I think they will push uh, Leandro Trossard up into that position and play someone else at left wing back. Leandro Trossard, who, um, on top of being a very good player, has, has just a pair, a set of teeth that do not look like they belong to him. Huh, I was unaware. They're too white and they just don't look like it quite fits his mouth. Well, and I know, I, there's, I know, there's not a lot to do with that information, but I just, I just wanted it on record that that's how I feel about them. Yeah, they're just, they're just not quite right. No, no. But, um... If I could liken it to anything, and this is a terrible reference, if anyone ever, ever saw the Inspector Gadget film where they build the evil Inspector Gadget, it's those teeth. <laughs> Yeah, uh, whoosh. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, Text the hotline. The... Let let me know if, if let me know if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you'll hear from me and Gene. Yeah. Um, the one thing is, they're it's not quite the same, but the formation isn't dissimilar to Chelsea. It's just got an extra body in midfield. Um. With that extra body in midfield, can we force mistakes in the same way? Is what I'm wondering. Because I think the reason that we like obviously we pressed the defense and made them in trouble, but Rocker and Adams pushing up onto their midfielders, I think made it very, that's one of the things that made it so hard for them to play through. But if Rocker and Adams push up onto say Gross and McAllister, Caicedo will still be free. Mm. Which is why I think Aronson. Is not going to have. I think it'll be a bit more four two three one than normal because I think Aronson is going to have to have a slightly deeper starting position, maybe just to help yeah. out. Um, 
But I'm really, I'm not sure what we're going to... I feel like this formation, if we don't change formation, and if Chelsea had gone different, I'd be thinking that we would. But because the Chelsea game went so well, you can't really change it. And I, But I think that this having an actual free and free in midfield. I mean, if the wing-backs push up, it's basically a it's basically a 3-3-3-1. Three, 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 mm. Like, I think it's sort of a bad, it's a bad matchup for how narrow we are. And the difference between Brighton and Chelsea is they just seem so confident and the, the way they pass the ball and keep, I, I'm, I think this is going to be a lot more difficult. Yeah, I kind of feel like when I when I look at their formation, like if I was if I was doing this on Football Manager, you'd kind of want sort of two central defenders, wing backs, and a holding mid in it as as a sort of a defensive five to to match up to it. Mm. Um, yeah, if I, if I go by sort of the the Bielsa logic of for they have one striker, so we have two central defenders, and then you've got your holding mid covering whoever ends up playing as, yeah. as their number ten. And say, so I think it'll be Trossard in this one, but we'll see. Mm. Um, but... I think I think we'll just go for it. We'll play. We'll keep going. We'll play narrow. We'll attack, and we'll go for it. And I'm fine with that. And the only thing that w- that we need to be willing to do is change it if it doesn't work, which it, it might not. We might get absolutely destroyed for twenty minutes. But you need to be willing to go because the one thing with the la- with the lineup we're gonna play, which will be the same one, if you do need to switch to wing backs, you've got the players to do it. If you switch to a three, as much mm. as I don't want to play Harrison as a left wing back, if you need to, you can do it. If you need to change early, but but I, I really do think it's going to be a tough one. This. Just, just while you mentioned it as well, I believe there's going to be a, a piece on Jack Harrison on Football Focus tomorrow for people who oh, are watching. A... Yeah, he's been interviewed again. Cool. Well, I mean, he's, he's, he's been... on all the time. He's Jack Harrison. It's because he's, he's a lovely been... boy. He's a lovely boy who is uh, they're getting all the press stuff in now, ready for when he gets named in the England squad. Yeah. And then Newcastle buy him. Yeah. Who? I mean, they're all they're, they're a very good side, but when you're just looking at the names on paper, it's not like world class players. Who is it that particularly worries you in there, other than based on what I saw against Scum Caicedo? <laughs> um, be- between I did, I know this is a bit of a cop out between Trossard, March, and McAllister, like that, you know. I think McAllister offers a lot, and I think he's probably worth a goal or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you say, I, it will probably change if Tyreek Lamptey's up to it, because Christ, him running at Pascal Strauch is as good as he's done at left back. Yeah, like, God, it, God, he's quick. Strauch is a good defender, but there's nothing you can do about someone just being rapid, just knocking it past you, running between yeah. your legs, and he is. So quick, and I I only saw highlights of the West Ham game, but I did watch all of Scum v Brighton. Danny Welbeck is playing like no you've seen in a long time. He's not the world's biggest goal threat, but he just was just bullying defenders and just keeping all that ball. And 
he played. I mean, he scored at Ellen Road, didn't he? In the game in was that mm. May by that point, but yeah, he's playing really well. Um, Pascal Gross has been. I mean, the signing when the first came up, and he's basically been very good ever since. The one thing that I'm looking at is, as good as their defence is, and it's solid, it's not quick. And I think if you run at them, you can get some joy. Mm. It's, um, it was quite interesting, because I, th- I, I think I was watching the, the TIFO video doing the analysis of... Um, of the Chelsea game, and it was quite interesting how we sort of loaded for the the, the free kick against them, mm. where you put your big men at the back, and that's kind of what allowed Rodrigo the space to make that run into the front post. Yeah, um, the, I mean they are fair as as a back line. They're massive. Yes, <laughs> they 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 are some big boys. They're not quite as massive as they were though. Like, I mean, when you think it used to be this and then Dan Byrne at left wing back. Yeah. Uh, so, like, we've got enough bodies that if you stick Cock, Urente and Strauch at the back post, you then are able to get Rodrigo going across the near post against someone who isn't tall. Hmm. So, there is a chance. Um, uh, I haven't looked into it, but I did read some on Twitter by the sounds of it. Their actual... Going back, including back end of last season, their record against set pieces isn't actually that good, which is surprising. But and I'd be scared of them on attacking once, even though we've improved a lot. That back three is hard to deal with. And it does also mean that if they do press as well, and they normally do press well, our out ball is likely to be Rodrigo versus Lewis Dunk. Yeah. So unless we can get it into his feet, we're probably not getting out with that. Yeah, it's it'll be an interesting one. Like I say, I'd, outside of this weekend, I quite like Brighton. It's quite nice seeing a team that's just been that's had some investment, is scouting well, and has been really well coached. Yeah, um, I, I as a I'm a I'm quite a big fan of Potter. I think he's good. I really do think the. It's way too early to actually make these calls. But based on what I've seen, I really do think they're a, a shout for Europe, like sneaking in. Um, I mean, Alex Benison has actually messaged us saying the same thing. Right now, an outside shot to take Leicester's place. Leicester will be nowhere near it, I don't think. And not because they'll be bad, they just aren't as good. Uh, no, they really, they, they really they, might push. Have they bought someone yet? Because I, I, I think. I don't think like, so. Because. I know certainly by like the second game of the season they haven't bought anyone, but you've got this point now where you've got you know Schmeichel left, which I know he wanted a change, but they've they've not replaced him. It's just Danny Ward has, has stepped up. So James Justin is now in this battle to to leave. Um, and For I know is probably going. Yeah, it's, it's you know. Whenever people talk about the Leicester model, this is this is, would be very problematic if it, it's it's a bit like us last season. Essentially, is that you had? I suppose we didn't really lose anyone, but we never strengthened. Like whereas that you know they are 
at best standing still by the end of the transfer window, it looks like they'll have lost three big players. Yeah. Just um, sign Dan James. Be fine. Yeah. Um, oh, that's the bit of news, actually. That, well, I say news, rumour. There's a bit of talk around Huang Hee Chan from uh, Wolves, which the original report, which I believe was Alan Nixon's, was saying that it would be someone we looked at if someone went. And it was also Alan Nixon who said that Spurs were after Dan James. So I'm assuming that's the out he meant. Hmm. Uh, I don't think either one will happen for what it's worth. But would you take Wang Hee Chan to be another option as one of the ones that can play wide and could also be a nine option while not being first choice? I mean... I, I can't say I've been massively impressed with, with Wang from, from what I've seen. Hmm. Um, and I, I appreciate that that is limited. Yeah. But uh, I'd rather have, I'd, at this point, I'd rather keep Dan James, if, you know, as, as someone who I think understands the system better. Than... Yeah, in, in fairness, I will say Huang prob- did play Red Bull football and played under Marsh, so yeah. he probably does have a fairly good understanding of the system. Mm. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's one of them. I, I think if... I'm also slightly clouded by his his little push in the face. Yeah, is that that was the first one at first? He's a diving was. cheating prick. I don't want him. Yeah, we'll keep the little scum bastard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's I am not fussed for Huang. I would. I think he'd be all right as an option. But I wouldn't want him to replace Stan James. I'd want him in addition to. Um, if if it's conditioned on James leaving. Like, if if we got offered 25 for James and we could get Huang for like 14, hmm. would I, if there was 10 million difference, that's probably worth it. But it sounds like it'd be similar fees for both, so I don't really know if it's worth it. Oh yeah, I'm just looking at his his stats here. You know, the very basic stats on Wikipedia. Mm. Twenty games for for Leipzig with with no goals. Five in thirty for Wolves last season. Yeah, it's um, not exactly screaming. Sign me and play me at num- at number nine, is it? No, and he's he's. Played every game so far this season for them as well. Yeah. And I will say that the reaction of Wolves fans was at the price is rumoured, the reaction was I'll drive him to Leeds myself. Now, I think he'd probably suit us a little bit more than he suits Wolves in terms of style of play, but I, I certainly wouldn't be enamoured with it as a signing. No. No, I, th- I, th- I think that's the thing now. Especially one, we. we... I know we we all want another attacker, but I, I suppose at this point, if you if we are bringing in an attacker and getting rid of Dan James, I think we're still left feeling the same that we still want an attacker. Like it's, yeah, I, I've said it, if if basically if Danny Welbeck became available, he'd be a yeah. good player to have as a but like if he was the option, and he's only God, just should... signed. In... Yeah, we Who should have signed him when he was on a free. <laughs> Who would have known that the square ball were actually right? Yeah. <laughs> when they were taking the piss. 
Yeah, um, like he'd have been perfect as, as someone to get in for on a year-long contract. I mean, it's not going to happen now, but I still think Shay Adams is the one. But now he's playing so well that they weren't going to sell him. He's um, I saw he's been linked with Everton today. Uh, well, because yeah, they're, they're, they're desperate for strikers as well. Yeah, they're, they're also because Neil Mopé will not be playing for Brighton because apparently he's basically signed to Everton as well. So if I was an Everton fan, I'd, I'd be very underwhelmed by that. Yeah, I mean, like I, you, I suppose I, I, know, I know it's tough to, to when you've lost Rich Allison and someone goes, "Yeah, but Neil Mopai's here." Yeah, huh? He got six or so last season. Yeah. I suppose Everton buying a striker will have the same problem we have in that they're buying someone who they know isn't going to be first choice if fit. And because it's the second Calvert Lewin comes back, that's that. Um, I have just started having a scan to try and pick out a bet. But uh, do you either have a bet or your prediction ready to go for the Brighton game? Uh, prediction: I am going to go for. I'm going to go for one-one. One-one. I think is a fair shout. Uh, oh, if I put in one one on this document and don't put draw, it makes it the first of January. Oh, hopefully, <laughs> good to know. Uh, I'm going to go with a, a complete long shot on this one because I, I found myself on what odds, Paddy. Um, so uh, leads to win, leads most corners in each half, and leads most shots on target in each half at two hundred and fifty to one. Leads plus. Most core each half. Plus most, what was the other one? Uh, is it most shots on target? Yeah, most shots on target in each half. Plus most SLT. And 250. And once again, we'll start well, we'll take the lead. Yeah. And I'll be sweating the rest of the game then thinking, God, I really wish I'd put a tenner on this. You see, I think I'm probably going to go for a fairly long shot one as well because I don't have a strong opinion on this game. Like, I think Brighton will win. But they're also, you know, odds on to win. Hmm. Like, and I'm not sure that it should be quite that short. Um, You know, sort of in the way that I thought the Southampton game would be a draw, but I thought Leeds were too big to win. So I predict. So I was all right with thinking a draw, but then I had to go for Leeds. Yeah, yeah. So I like predicted a draw, but I had to go for a win in the bet. I think that this one's a bit like that. So I'm going to have um, Rodrigo to assist Harrison and Harrison to assist Moreno. Well, uh, Moreno because that's how Sky better written it. <laughs> Harris, Harrison and Rodrigo both to set up a goal for each other at eighty to one. Um, is what I'm going to go for because if you're going to, if you don't, if you have no idea, like the other weeks, all the other weeks, I've been tipping up something that I think is actually a decent bet. Not this week. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, I have now found myself looking at uh, the strikers that are on a on free transfers. Do, do you want some of the potted highlights? Uh, well, I mean, Belotti's off to Roma. Uh. And off the top of my head, I don't know who else is available. For what it's worth, I'll also say that I'm going to go uh, Brighton 2, Leeds 1. Because I do think they'll win. Uh, I don't think that's us being bad. I think we've got a chance of getting something. 
But I, I just think it's a bad matchup formation wise. Hmm. So as as some of our potential striking options, and if you, if you want to knock up a through it all together article based on some of these, um, I go for uh, Diego Costa thirty three. Have you heard about the Diego Costa thing? No. Rayo Vallecano have agreed a deal to sign Diego Costa, but they didn't talk to Andoni Iraola, their manager, about it. So Iriola has been doing a fantastic job as threatened to quit if they sign him. All right, then. Yeah. Um, who else is on there? Matej Vidra? No, thank you. <laughs> uh, he Sido... had his chance. <laughs> Saido Berahino. Fresh off leaving Chef Wednesday, I believe. Uh, Mame Biram Juf. God, that's going back a while, isn't it? Uh, and saving the best for last is uh, 30-year-old Suleiman Dukara. Oh, yeah, get him in. Bring Absolutely. Him back, knows the club. Yeah, that that seems like a goer to me. <laughs> um, now, there's no doubt that the... One of the weird ones, now I don't think that he'd come to us to be back up, but like one of the things in the Huang deal was that they were signing that, um, is it Sasa Kaladzic? That massive striker. The place where I stuck that. Yeah, six foot seven. Because they need a backup to Raul Jimenez. Who apparently they're signing him. Injured. Apparently they were going to sign him and sell Huang. But like, if that's for money, as much as he's not really that much of a, I'd rather just have. Uh, Kaladzic, <laughs> like, so just go for him. But no, we'll uh, we'll see with tomorrow. And um, it's so weird in that it's all it's a big difference between last season and this season. I think we're probably going to lose this game, but I'm not dreading it. I'm quite looking forward to it. I think it'll be a decent hmm. game. And if we can have a good start, not it. There's a lot of it with the way we play. I think it's always really important that we don't go behind early. I think we got away with it against Wolves that. I think if you stay yeah. in it and you're in it after 20 minutes, you've got a real chance. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I, I'm glad this game has come up relatively early at this point. Mm. Um, but no, I, I, obviously, love us to win. But if, if we end up losing this, I wouldn't be massively surprised. No. Uh, but I mean, I'm assuming I know the answer to this, but. If it was offered right now, would you take a point? Yep. Yep, thought you would. Because so, so would everyone. Save a lot of people a lot of travel as well. Uh, to be honest, when it comes to away games in the Premier League, you'd save that for like 14 <laughs> of them, wouldn't you? Yeah. Would you take a point? Yeah, I would. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that'll, that'll do us for episode 171. We will be back either Sunday or Monday because we got Everton Tuesday night. Sure. In the league. I d- I've not looked that far ahead. Not I'm, 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 I'm still, you know, I'm still in pre-season training here. Yeah, August 30th, 8pm kickoff. So, yeah, we will be back either Sunday or Monday, depending on what works out better. Um, I am working both those days. Fun. Uh, yeah. I, I am but, not, but I'm on my last few days of school holiday. Yeah. <laughs> right, cool. So, yeah, that'll do us. I've been Jack, so, yeah. I'm in Casey. Have a good one. In a bit. <laughs>